Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. And that's right, everybody. Welcome back once again to another edition of the Best Seat in the House podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rob Kramer, joined by my co-host, Daniel Bobo Curlin. And Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year, Dan. And how are you doing so far? I'm doing fine. Unfortunately, the New Year started off with a, well, probably the worst loss the Rangers had this season. I, I, can't, I can't express how on Rangers like all season. That that game was yesterday. Like, let's just hope that one's. I I just hope I just have a feeling that one's just gonna be a blip on the radar because I I just have a feeling next game they're gonna they're, they're just gonna come out swinging, especially next time they play against the Kane, the Canes again. I don't think they'll, they'll they'll be playing like that again. They'll 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 be on all cylinders. I agree, Dan. And you know what? As a matter of fact, I'm almost kind of happy. Like obviously you're you're never happy. You know what? Let's just start right there too. By the way, uh, as uh, Dan's talking about, the uh, Rangers ended up getting blown out six one at home against the Hurricanes yesterday. Uh, if you're watching this on Thursday, it was two days ago on Tuesday night. Uh, the Rangers still twenty five ten and one, uh, right up there with Boston. That's the best team in the league right now. But yeah, definitely a uh, a, a tough game yesterday. Uh, obviously, the Hurricanes are a good, very talented team. But, you know, a team like the Rangers, um, you know, you don't want to be uh, getting blown out like that on home ice. But as I was saying a second ago, I'm I'm not like that concerned by it, too. I think every once in a while, especially a good team like this, it's it's a nice reminder that you're not infallible. You know, it's a nice kick in the ass to kind of wake you up, especially after a sleepy little holiday break the Rangers have been on. Uh, since their their end of the year trip to Florida, so you know what? As, as bad as that was to watch last night, I think in the long run it might end up being good because I totally agree with you. The Rangers are going to come out swinging. They play Thursday night against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, and we'll get into that in a second because that game takes on a little bit of significance. But do do you agree with any of of what I just said, Dan? That sometimes getting a kick in the ass like this in the regular season can be a good thing, especially for a veteran coach like Peter Laviolette that can use it. Yep, exactly. I just feel I just feel like all the good teams usually bounce back from a bad loss like that. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree, Dan. And you know what? There's going to be a little jump in the Rangers' step come uh, this Thursday night, tonight, if you're watching this uh, on the debut day of this episode which thank you for watching, by the way. And uh, the uh, yeah, the Rangers are going to have a little pep in their step as they announced just a couple of hours ago, maybe an hour or two ago, that they're calling up top prospect Brennan Othman uh, from Hartford. Now, if you remember, uh, Brennan Hartford, uh, Brennan Hartford, Brennan Othman was drafted by the Rangers in the first round two years ago. I believe it was the 2021 draft. Uh, he had a, a very good um, season. Um, in juniors that first year scored over 50 goals 
having uh, setting all kinds of records. He got traded in juniors last year and won a championship, had a great year. So uh, I think Brandon Hoffman got all he could out of juniors. This year, could have made the team out of camp, got cut, one of the last cuts the Rangers had, has been playing very well in Hartford this year, has definitely earned this call-up. And even though he's on a, uh, as I've, I've seen pointed out on Twitter, he hasn't scored a goal in nine games right now down in Hartford in, you know, the uh, the last nine games. Um, I think that, you know, comes as a, a wake-up call once again to the kid, too. Just like we said, the, the Rangers needed a wake-up call. Maybe Brennan Hoffman, with this NHL promotion, gets a little bit of a wake-up call himself, and this adds a little bit of a jump to his game as well. Yeah, I just feel like some of the greats when they uh, when they when they get promoted to the to, to the to the pros, I just feel like they rise to the occasion. They just I feel like the greats they they show it right from the beginning with the enthusiasm. I just I just seen it so many times with so many players. I could use the example of other sports. I remember when David Wright got called up. I was hearing all the press talk about like how. Literally, like how enthusiastic he was to finally be there, and he was, he was just eager to show what he can, what he's got. Same thing. I feel like that 2019. Another baseball example that I saw saw this in baseball. 2019 spring training. Pete Alonso just looked like he was on a mission from the get-go in spring training that he was gonna, he was gonna get called up from the beginning and stick. And he's shown it. He's become one of the elite players in the major leagues. So I just feel I just feel like the greats they when they they showed from the greats always showed from the beginning that they want to they're 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 going to push whatever it takes to get better and they're just and and they just seem to want always want to get want to win the moment they the the moment they get there the moment from the moment they start. Yeah, Dan, I totally agree with you actually, and I think. You really hit the nail on the head, especially when it comes to, you know, you mentioned David Wright. Obviously, it also made me think of uh, when, when Jose Reyes came up. But you mentioned Pete Alonso, and that kind of strikes me in a different way, too, because Pete Alonso, I was actually in the clubhouse for the 2019 spring training. I was actually down there in spring training covering it for WGBB. And, uh, you know, being in that clubhouse was was just amazing. Being in that uh, the, the locker room, and that environment was uh, really incredible. And, you know, y- you saw if, if you remember back in that, you know, obviously we had Jacob deGrom coming off that fantastic season. And, uh, you know, Robbie Cano had just been traded to the team and really earned a lot of reverence in that locker room and a lot of respect. But it was really shocking to me and really eye-opening to see how well this kid, Pete Alonso, who nobody really counted on that much, commanded respect, com- you know, was able to articulate perfectly, was, uh, you know, really easy with the media and said all the right things. And that guy reminds me of Brendan Othman, you know, to bring it all back together to the Rangers, because I think that that, that was a really astute point that you made comparing it to, you know, guys that have come up in New York. Even if you want to talk about a guy like Aaron judge who came up for the Yankees and did all the right things just as well, you know? So I, I think that that was a great point because Brennan Hoffman could be one of those guys following in those footsteps. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I just feel like right now we're looking, 
we could be looking at one of the greats in New York sports right here from the beginning. We're gonna, we're gonna, and we're able to say that we saw him right from the begin. We saw him right at right from the start. Yeah, yeah, and you know the dream for the Rangers going forward is that obviously, like, look, we we love um, Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin, but the facts are that those guys are are in their thirties. And there's a clock on how much longer they're going to be here. Um, the the real future of the New York Rangers are guys like Igor Shesterkin and Brennan Othman and, you know, um, obviously Alexi Lafreniere, who has come in and played at a, an awesome rate this year, too. But another guy or a couple the uh, the, uh, the other guys who are big pieces of that future as well, too, Filipino and Capo Caco, they've been sidelined for most this year. And Tyler Pitlick joined them, which is the only reason that opened up this door for Brandon Othman to come in. Now, Tyler Pitlick is uh, hoping that he's not w Wally Pip. And, uh, you know, he's he's missing this time now. And Brandon Othman comes and steals that job. I mean, as Ranger fans, uh, no offense, Tyler Pitlick. I, I think we would all love to see him get Wally Pipped right there. But, uh, you know, when the, the fact of the matter is, Dan, the reason why I brought this all up with, with Pitlick being added to this list now these are three guys, you know, Heedle was supposed to be the, the second line center. Kako, when camp broke, was the number one line um, right wing. And he ended up getting dropped down to the third, and they flip-flopped him with Blake Wheeler. But breaking camp, this guy was your number one right wing. And, and Tyler Pitlick was your third or fourth line right wing. Either way, that's three guys out of your top 12 gone. So... You know, it, it really is an, a, a, uh, a credit to the coaching staff and a lot of these other guys like Jimmy VC stepping up and, you know, getting a bunch of offensive production out of a guy like Keandre Miller, where the Rangers are really in still a great position. Like we were saying before, that they're basically tied with Boston for the best record in hockey and, and, and the most points. So, you know, it it's, it's nice to see that, but it's even nicer to see that they're still able to do it even with three guys that are, you know, supposed to play pretty big roles on this team, all injured. Yeah, I, I just got. I just have to give a lot of credit to this team. It just, I just feel like this team is. I I don't want to say the 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 SC word yet, but it's going to be something very special. I feel like. Yeah, it it does have that I, feel I, to it. Yeah. And I just, I just feel like that, that word that I'm not gonna mention yet, just feels like it's very possible it's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean to be honest, let's let's be honest. Last year, you know, when they're bringing in Tarasenko and they're bringing in uh, Kane, it kind of had that feel too. But um, this year, it feels much more, uh, you know, like. Um, like it's not being forced, you know what I mean? Like this year, it feels like it's all kind of falling into place, right? Yeah, yeah. I just, I just feel like it just fell into place. I just feel like the moment I just, and I feel even more that by the time it was getting close to January around Christmas, I knew like usually I, I really feel like by the time around Christmas time comes, that's usually when you know quite where, where, where. If if your team's a a legit contender for the for that word, I'm not going to mention, and they look like it. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's true, man. Now they get to go out tomorrow and make us forget about what happened yesterday. Uh, big game, uh, 7 p.m. tomorrow night. Tonight, if you're watching this, the day we're debuting it. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks off to a uh, bad start this year with uh, top rookie Connor Bedard leading the way for them. 11-24-2 so far. Rangers are going to be coming in 25-10-1. Um, so two teams heading in completely different directions. But interesting enough, Brendan Othman was teammates with uh, a few of these kids, including Connor Bedard, on the Blackhawks. So it'll be a uh, interesting little feelings for them tomorrow. Not to mention Bedard. You know, there's always um, a heightened level of uh, of feel. And, you know, in the building when it's an original six game, too. So between Connor Bedard being in the garden, uh, it being an original six matchup, the Rangers playing as well as they are, and Brandon Othman's debut, I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on Madison Square Garden tomorrow night, Dan. What do you think? Yeah, plus that, plus that, I look forward to after a Rangers win, reminding everyone in Chicago that New York wins hands down in the pizza wars. Oh, yeah, it's a no contest. That's a no contest, buddy. You got that right. <laughs> yep, that definitely the Chicago pizza is just, it's just a giant thing of bread, a giant thick piece of bread with uh, with pizza ingredients on it. That's all it is. It's not even pizza. It's, it's, it's thick bread with pizza ingredients on it. Yeah, and more sauce than cheese, which, come on, let's be honest. See, you, you, you got to have a good amount of cheese on it. Yeah, exactly. And another thing, pizza should be able to be eaten with your hands, not too thick to carry, not too thick to lift. It's got to be, you got to be able to eat it with your hands. If you can't eat it with your hands, it's not pizza. Yeah, not a knife and a fork like uh, our former mayor of New York. Yeah, 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 exactly. If you're, if you're eating, if you're if you're in New if you're in New York eating pizza with a fork and knife, you deserve to be shamed. <laughs> Absolutely, Dan. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, there's uh, definitely uh, heightened expectations tomorrow at the Garden. So it's going to be really fun to see that. And you know what? Let's just keep it rolling with our Garden teams right now, Dan. Actually, as the uh, Knicks right now too. The uh, obviously the uh, Rangers have gotten off to a good start. The Knicks have been a little bit up and down. They're coming off a nice uh, 112-106 win over the Timberwolves on New Year's Day. So they turned the holiday trick there, the the holiday daily double, as they won on Christmas Day against Milwaukee, and they win on New Year's Day against the Timberwolves. So definitely um, two nice wins for the Knicks there. Gets the Knicks off a three-game losing streak, so they're starting to uh, to figure things out again and get back on a roll um but as me and you mentioned if you're a uh, patreon subscriber you saw us uh delve into this a little bit on sunday following the giants game when uh we we talked a little bit about this but i'm sure you've heard by now but we, we, we have to give our thoughts on it the knicks have traded rj barrett and emmanuel quickly to toronto for og anunnaby and um, OG looked pretty good in his debut on, um, obviously, New Year's Day for the uh, Knicks. And, you know, what do you think about this trade, Dan? There's a lot of emotions going into it. There's a lot of Knicks fans that 
um, you know, were really, really high on quickly. Uh, but obviously the Knicks um, thought process that they might not have been able to re-sign him this offseason played a role uh, in them trading him. But, you know, R.J. Barrett, I feel like, kind of has the fan base split where a lot of people like him but probably overvalue him a little bit. And a lot of people on the uh, for Nick fans don't like RJ and but probably also undervalue him a little bit. So where do you stand on this trade, Dan? I feel this trade could be a good trade, but I feel like they need to make another trade to really uh, to really validate this trade. I feel like they need they need the they need to trade for that big player. And dare I say it. We we talked about this about speculation that Donovan Mitchell could be available and that the Knicks are going to heavily push to make that trade happen. I feel they need to make that trade for Donovan Mitchell if this trade if this trade were to work because I feel like this guy is is another piece is a piece to to a puzzle that there there needs to be a third dare I say it a third star to really really get this really the put this team together i feel like because i just feel like the the great teams just have had they, they just have they have a they have a star player but they have the guys that can be huge role players that can that cop that all that are also stars that complement the stars all the great all yeah. the great teams had those had those kind of players a good example the that dynasty that that Chicago Bulls dynasty, I feel they are the perfect example of that. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, especially in the NBA, you could go all over the last 20 or 30 years and talk about teams that had that big three, you know, but I think, um, you know, I think that, you know, obviously we were talking about this on uh, Sunday, and what we were referencing was, um, uh, if, if you're not familiar, Jake Asman, who is a big Jets guy who we had on our podcast over the summer to preview some Jets stuff. He's an ESPN reporter. This is a guy that that knows a, a, about a lot of different sports. And what his his sources have been telling him, he's also a contributor on Knicks TV on YouTube if you're a fan. Love those guys, so subscribe if you're a Knicks fan. A lot of great content there too. Uh, but what Jake was getting at was that um, that this could be, like we were talking about, a potential for a bigger trade down the line leading to a guy, well, he specifically mentioned Donovan Mitchell. So if if that could, if they could find out a way to work that out, that would be incredible. Um, the Knicks definitely have to figure out a way to bring in another guy. Um, uh, you know, j- j- just because that's just the way things are done in the NBA now. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, you don't see a one a one man show getting it done anymore, you know. Uh, so that's why right now I think that this is going to be, you know, a situation where it, it, it could be leading to that. And with with Donovan Mitchell, this storybook opened a couple of years ago, where we were all salivating all off season at the prospect of Donovan Mitchell, who's a lifelong New Yorker, diehard Met fan, wants to be a Nick. Everybody expected him to get traded here. He ends up going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, so the Knicks lost out on that one. But maybe with all this, you know, the, the Knicks do still have draft capital 
if we're looking over at our friends at tankathon.com, they talk about, you know, the Knicks still have a, a protected, unfortunately, draft pick from the Porzingis trade in their wheelhouse that right now would be theirs uh, because it's only protected one through 10 from Dallas. So right now Dallas's pick would be 18. So the Knicks would get an extra first round draft pick right there. Uh, the Knicks also have the Detroit Pistons first round pick, but it's protected one through 18 and the Pistons being the worst team in basketball right now. There's no way the Knicks are getting that. So kiss that goodbye until next year. And the Washington Wizards also a bad team that's protected one through 12. So right now the Knicks have three potential uh, first round uh, additional first round draft picks in addition to their own. Um, but it looks like only one of those is probably going to come through. But that's the good thing about the Knicks right now is that you have these assets to use. And, you know, maybe if the Knicks just had one of those, it doesn't really help that much. But if you could even package those together and use that to get a guy like, um, you know, really anybody we just mentioned, but but specifically Donovan Mitchell, uh, that, you know, the Knicks should use that to their advantage, right? Yeah, I just I just feel like they're in a good position that that they can make that they that they can make make this trade and not give up everything that to get to get probably a game changer of a player. Yeah, yeah, and man, I'm telling you right now, if you know we were fantasizing about it the other night, but if you add. Um, Donovan Mitchell to a rotation with Julius Randle, OG and other B, um, you know, Jalen Brunson, Mitchell Robinson. Uh, that's a, that's a stacked, stacked lineup right there. And then, you know, you have uh, Dante DiVincenzo coming off the bench. You have, um, you know, Josh Hart coming off the bench. This Knicks team, if they make a move like that, becomes a, a legitimate threat to come out of the East, you know? Yeah, I just feel like it could turn out to be a situation where it could be the 1994 all over again. This time, we remember 1994. We almost had the ending, the ending we wanted for for both teams that play at the Garden. This time, it could be it could be a the two teams getting that end to this to the season that we hoped for. I don't want to mm. say the word, but we could. It could. It could be that ending we thought we were going to get in 1994. Well, Dan, you know what? I think that's a great point. And you know what? You said finishing something, and this is what, um, you know, it, it's funny to 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 make a wrestling analogy. You know, where uh, last year at WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes he he won the Royal Rumble. He faced Roman Reigns for the championship at WrestleMania and lost so ever since then it's been his his journey to try to get back to that match which now with the rock coming back looks like probably isn't happening which but by the way i'm not upset about because i'm very happy to see the rock back but cody rhodes the whole thing has been finish the story you know let's let's finish the story get back to this this championship match and and finish it get it done right this time right so i feel like that's kind of what the knicks have to do now you have to finish the story, finish it, go out there. You started the story a couple of years ago by turning a couple of pages and looking at and really lusting after bringing in um, 
Donovan Mitchell didn't work out at the time. Well, now's the time. Get it done. Bring him in here and let's go. Right, Dan? Finish the freaking story. Yep, exactly. And I hope it's a situation where I'm going to be making two championship, two rounds of championship merchandise purchases for two different sports, if you get what I mean. Exactly. Exactly. I hear you. I hear you. And uh, just to wrap on the Knicks tonight, they're facing the Bulls, 18 and 15. Knicks going after the 15 and 20 Bulls tonight at Madison Square Garden. Tip off at 830. So it'll be a, a little bit. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the Knicks come out and play tonight and uh, tr- try to uh, really get a winning streak going with this new look roster. But um, yeah, let's keep it rolling along here, Dan, now. As um, uh, I before we jump into the football, which obviously, you know, the football is always uh, uh, well, you know, a lot of the time football is top, baseball is top, but football right now it's tough to beat. But uh, I I heard this yesterday from Andy Martino, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on this. Um, first off, you know, before I even say anything, Dan, so far. What do you think about this Mets offseason? Well, so far, I just feel like it's been silent. And I'm really losing faith in David Stearns. I just, uh, I'm just telling you, if, if he doesn't do anything this year, he better do something next offseason. Because well, I, 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 I literally gave, give David Stearns a two-year Two years. I'm only giving him two years to do something, because I just yeah, feel like because I just feel like this GM is going into the beginning of something, and I feel like that has that that might take at least two years, and I just really feel like I am just hoping that at the trade deadline, if the Mets are in contention, he makes the move that needs to be moved. Because if you're on the if you're at the trade deadline, you have and you're in contention, you have to make that move that puts your team over the top. That's all I can say. And I feel right now that that big move is going to be pitching, I feel like. Well, you know what, Dan? I don't think that move is coming this this regular, this uh, this trade deadline because right now all these guys want to do is hoard these prospects that usually don't end up panning out for shit anyway. Um, you know, it's it's driving me crazy right now. Uh, I this is one of the most frustrating off seasons that I can ever remember, mainly because, you know, back in the day, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when the Wilpons were bringing in Chris Young and, you know, these shit guys that at the bottom of the barrel, uh, you know, bargain basement guys that they're bringing in, um, you know, we accepted it because we we had no other choice. And you knew that the Wilpons were completely broke. And you knew that 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 was it. We were screwed. The infuriating thing about this offseason is that the Mets have the money. They're just choosing not to spend it. And they're not going to go after Blake Snell. They're, they've already swung and missed on Yamamoto. They're not extending Alonzo. What are they doing? Why are we going to be forced? I actually hear Met fans, and this is the thing that sickens me with some Met fans, I actually hear um, 
some Met fans were talking about looking at our um, our rotation for this year. And some Met fans said in a rebuilding year, which, by the way, when you have the richest fucking owner in sports, you should never in New York have a rebuilding year. I don't give a shit what happened. Oh, you swung and missed on Justin Verlander, then gave up after three months. Give me a fucking break. You're going to go out there and you're going to leave us with some of the highest ticket prices. It costs $50 to park my car at city field. And you're going to, and you, and this is the rotation that they're telling me is acceptable for 2024. Kodai Senga, Jose Quintana, uh, David Peterson, Tyler McGill, and Joey Lucchese. That's the rotation you're going to run out there. I'm telling you right now, Dan, if that's the rotation the Mets are fucking running out there this year, not only am I going to have a mental breakdown, I'm not going to give one fucking dollar to Steve Cohen this year. They have not earned it. Uh, the fact that they threw in uh, just uh, it it just drives me crazy. Now they're trying to play this small ball shit. This is what worried me about bringing a guy like David Stearns from a small market team like the Milwaukee Brewers because now he's pretending like it's small market ball here. I don't want to hear about the 2025 free agent class. I don't give a shit about them. I want to win in 2024. And with the, the pieces the Mets already have in place, that shouldn't be that crazy of a thought. Now, sorry I just yelled at you for two minutes, Dan, but I'm not yelling at you. You know what? I'm, I'm just trying to get this off my chest right now. But what do you think about that? If they're selling us a rotation of that ilk, a garbage rotation, I – it's going to drive me nuts. And the fact that they haven't improved the offense at all is a completely different story. Oh, I, I got to tell you something. If it, one thing, if they're, if they're going to do this, there's one thing they got to do during the off season. And there hasn't been any statement, whether they're not doing this or not. They do have to sign Pete Alonzo either now during spring training, which usually when they do those extension moves or during the off season, they need they need to that that's the first move they need to do during the if they're punting this they need to re-sign re Pete Alonso during the season. I feel like this guy is like he's shown enough that he's gonna. Be, I feel like he he has the ability to be that veteran leader. I feel like because I feel like yeah. he's been with the, he's been he's been with the team the longest. So that's right off the bat if they if they're gonna punt this season, he he's the first move they need to make. After the 2000, if they're going to wait till the off season to make the move, that's the first move they need to make is resign him. Because the last thing I want to see is is City Field turning to David, tur, turn it to David Stearns' tomb. We don't need a Grant's tomb 2.0. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, man. I totally agree. And uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a joke. What what this owner is allowing to happen. He should be ashamed of himself, actually, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. And another thing I need – I I really have to give, give a prompt to all of us who – I feel like all of us who, including us, anyone who attended multiple games this year, the moment the Mets start to spend money, those fans need to get the first they, – they, they should get a pre-sale on, on tickets. Next year, I feel like. Yeah, and Steve like, Cohen, I, you, you know what, Dan? I'm sorry to interrupt you right now, but do you remember a couple of years ago when the Rangers wrote the letter to their fans explaining 
that, hey, this, this season's not working out. We're going to have to tear it down and start from the beginning. The Mets didn't – first of all, the Mets started off last season by completely lying and selling a whole bunch of bullshit to their fan base with Carlos Correa last year where they sold a whole bunch of tickets. Remember last Christmas when they sold a whole bunch of tickets because they lied to Met fans saying they signed Carlos Correa and then they backed out of that deal like the frauds they are. Um, but then now – yeah, I'm sorry, Dan, what are you going to say? Well, I'm going to say that that Carlos Correa deal just affected the way I look at free agent signings. I don't celebrate and pass the physical now. Yeah, well, so that's true, so I too. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I feel like that – so I feel like that – if I see, like, for example, if the Mets, let's say – they during during this off season, if they did if they did pull a signing like let's say they did sign, they did sign a let's say they did sign a player like Shohei Otani, which I feel like I knew from the beginning last year he was his his mind was set that he was going to play the West Coast. But if a guy like that did sign with the Mets, I would have not celebrated until I saw the press conference. Until I saw the press conference on SNY, that's when I would celebrate. So I. From from that point on, I don't celebrate free agent signings or big trades until I see yeah, the but press Dan, conference. Dan, the, the point is that he lied to us. It, it's like lying and completely misleading your stockholders. I set up a spring training trip specifically right after the, the Carlos Correa sign. So I was one of the fans that was lied to and misled, you know, like – all the fans that went out and bought tickets, they sold a lot of tickets on between December 20th and December 26th last year uh, with uh, with on the heels of announcing that fake signing that never ended up happening. And, you know, it. how about what, what I want from Steve Cohen? Write a letter of apology to your fan base, how you've lied to us and mistreated us over the last year. And now, on top of everything else, after the indignities of having to watch this team get torn down mid-season last year and being the ridiculed by everybody, we've had to, we've been dog shit on the foot of every fan base around baseball, and you know, and now this guy has a chance to try to you know make us a respectable franchise again. And the second year in, he throws the towel. I just can't take it. I can't take it. I can't take being lied to by this franchise anymore. I'd rather have had the Wilpons where my expectations are still in the toilet, but instead I got my hopes up by this guy and he sold us a bill of goods and then stabbed us in the back after one year. Great. Maybe next year he'll turn into the, the free agent signer again, but guess what? I don't give a shit because I don't want to sit through 2024 and watch a dog shit team that we just had to watch last year. I'm sorry. I don't want to do it. And now we're going to have to sit here and talk about it next year. And it's going to drive me fucking crazy. You know, the only three guys worth a damn on the offensive side of the ball, you know, whatever, uh, Nimmo, McNeil, Alonso, Lindor, whichever one, whichever way you want to say it, you know, those are the only guys worth a damn. Everybody else on the offensive side. They let Ronnie Mauricio play in the Dominican this year. Well, guess what? You're not going to see him for another 12 months. Had surgery yesterday. Did did you know that, Dan? Yeah, I knew that. I just feel, I feel like Ronnie Mauricio. I feel like that was a big mistake to let the guy play in a, to play in a winter ball. I just, and I feel like that's especially with players that, that do a lot of base stealing. 
I just feel like they're the ones that always manage to injure themselves in situations like this. Yeah, but he got hurt two months ago. Why did he wait until January to get the surgery? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, that, 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 right? That, I, I, that, that one really shocked me. Why he waited this long to get the surgery? I feel like he should have got the surgery right away. I don't know what was going on there. Yeah, but the only reason I brought that up was because, uh, you know, Andy Martino um, reported yesterday that Steve Cohen and David Stearns are in lockstep with their shit plan for 2024. So just in case we thought maybe the owner would overrule our dog shit president of baseball operations, well, don't get your hopes up, kids, because it's not going to happen. Uh, so thank you, Steve Cohen, for one year. 2022 is the only year you gave us. 2021, failure. 2023, failure. 2022, you gave us 101 wins, still failure. And 2024, another failure. So thanks, Stevie. You're doing a great job. They're really on track to win a World Series in that five-year span, like you said. So well, love the fact that you well, just lied to us. Well, I just feel like one thing two things that 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 I I feel like are well one I hope happens they need to do a better job this year if they're going to do that they need to do a they need to do make moves that build toward 2005 I feel like you have to make a big move you have to show the the prospective free agents to want to come here that the team could go from be having a season that maybe was so-so to uh that they're going to one-up what they did the previous year. The other thing, I have a feeling that they're going to get a larger number of beer sales this year than last year. All right. Uh, let's keep moving along here to uh, the New York football Giants. Uh, the New York Giants went out and lost their third straight. Uh, they dropped the game uh, 26-25 to the L.A. Rams. Uh, questionable, questionable decisions at the end of regulation, end up costing the Giants the game. Um, you know, me and you discussed it on our Patreon show, which if you're interested, only $5. Uh, maybe I should uh, take the my Mets rant and put that on Patreon. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think, though, um, I'm a big fan of Coach Gable. I did not like when they got flagged on the, um, the extra point kick that tied the game at 26-26. He had the chance to rethink things. He did. He ended up going for two after that. And even though it was a nicely drawn up play where Saquon Barkley was open, you know, those plays, every single thing has to go right. And if one thing doesn't, the execution's not there. And that's what happened. Um, bad throw by Tyrod Taylor. Saquon couldn't haul it in. And Giants end up not converting the two point conversion. Lose 26 25. Dan, what'd you think about Dayball changing his mind at the end of the game there? I think he just should have. He just would have went. He just should have went for the for the for the extra point. Kicked in that extra point, and maybe it would have worked out that we would have it would have gone into overtime. I feel like it would, they would have shown a better fight if they would have taken their chances to overtime. Because that that field goal, I just had a scary feeling that field goal was gonna was gonna miss. And it's just weird this year because the team was out of contention. So I feel like I wasn't. Like on the edge of my seat as I normally would have been had it had it would had that game would have had some importance. I just felt like that game. It was like 
hey, you know what, if they make this, I'll be happy, but it's not going to really... It, it wasn't one of those things that was just gonna that just would have let me cursing up a storm had they not uh had they uh had it uh had it gone had, had it gone south in that game. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you, and I understand that that thought process. I mean, you know, if he made the kick, he'd be happy. But you know, if he doesn't make the kick, it's not that big a deal. It also probably helps the Giants that they uh, lost that game because had they won, the Giants would probably be, um, well, the, the Giants would at least be sitting in the seven or eight spot right now. And uh, right now, if we could take a look at the uh, Tankathon draft tracker, let's see where we have that right now, right about here. As you can see, the New York Giants are currently sitting at five. Um, they're tied at five wins with the number six Chargers and seven Tennessee Titans. So any win could potentially push them further back in the draft as far as eight, depending what happens with the Jet game. They can't drop any lower than nine. So you know the Giants are locked in at a ten at a top ten pick. But right now, if uh, they end up losing to Philadelphia on um, on Sunday and as we, we know now, the uh, Giants are wrapping up the 2023 season on Sunday at home against the Eagles, 1 p.m. So uh, the odds are in their favor because the Eagles do need to win. You know, a couple weeks ago we were looking at this game and we thought the Eagles might be sitting a lot of starters, so the Giants might have a chance to steal this one. But after the uh, crushing loss to the Arizona Cardinals last week, the Eagles really need that win. So they're going to be playing for everything on Sunday, you know? Well, well, I can tell you this. Uh, I don't. I, I, well, first foremost, I I kind of feel like that when Giants play against the Eagles, I can't stand the Philadelphia Eagles. I want to see them beat the shit out of the Eagles. But if the Giants don't win this game, I at least want to see the Eagles push them to the. I really want to see the Giants exhaust the Eagles. I want. I want. I want them that. I want to see the Eagles have to really earn that work for that win. I just. Hope that I, I just want the Giants to make this a highly contested game because I just want to see the Eagles worn out going into the playoffs. I want to see them yeah, moving like into the, the playoffs. Exactly, man. Kind of like the game we saw on Christmas Day, right? Where the Giants didn't win, but they took the Eagles to the limit and, you know, were in the game, you know, and really made a uh, a great run at the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to at least see that. At least want to see that because I know this football season ends, and I know it's going to be counting down the the the, the winding months to a baseball season that I know is not going to that that that. Uh, I'm just going into this one low, low expectation, so I think you know that a season that if if it goes how I hope, I'll be happy. But if it doesn't, I'm, it's not going to be. The, yeah, the so definitely season. keep that in mind, everybody. As the uh, the Giants now, uh, you know, obviously they wrap up the season against the Eagles. Um, and then, yeah, just to, to wrap up, last thing we got to touch on today, Dan, is the uh, Jets. And, you know, obviously coming into the season, we we were leading off a lot of shows with the Jets. Now we're closing today with them because uh, they're irrelevant, unfortunately. And right now the uh, Jets end up getting blown out. Thursday night football, 37-20 against the Browns. You know, that's another thing that uh, has really killed me this season. And um, I've, I've come to terms with the – with this Jets season being flushed down the toilet, 
So I'm not as emotional about it as I am with the Mets right now because the Mets, uh, watching them flush their offseason away down the toilet is just literally killing me inside. But, um, you know, I, I, I want to point out one thing, right? So everybody has talked about all season how good the Jets' defense has has been. And for most of the year, that's a, a thousand percent true. The Jets' defense kept them relevant. They won games. They single-handedly won the game against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles earlier this year. You know, the the uh, the Jets' defense has played very well. So I don't want this to come off like I'm killing or knocking the Jets' defense. But Robert Sala gets all the credit for it. And Robert Sala, oh, you don't want to you don't want to get rid of Robert Sala because he's got the defense playing great. This and that, right? Well, how about this, right? So the Jets got blown out against the Browns, 37-20. Defense didn't show up in that game. So that's week 17. Week 16 against the Commanders, Jets win 30-20, to but they blew uh, – I'm sorry, it was a th- the, the Jets win 30-28, to but they blew a 20-point lead and were, was trailing 28-27 with 22 seconds left. Th- th- they had a 27-7 to lead and blew it. So no, that that that's another garbage game for the defense. How about the game where uh cornerback DJ Reed pretty much said they gave up in the third quarter? That's another one. 30 to nothing loss to the Dolphins. That's one, two, that's their last three games. Then they played two really good games against the Texans and the Falcons. The defense really did play well those two games. But before that, blown out. Thir- uh, 34 to 13 against the Dolphins, blown out 32 to 6 against the Bills. So you're telling me that five of the last seven games that this team has played, they've played garbage defensively and quit in one of them. And they look like they, they damn well quit. They didn't even get off the plane against the Cleveland Browns. And now you're going to try to sell to me that this team never quit on Robert Sala? I, the, the pass that Robert Sala has gotten. I I don't think any coach, uh, I'll say this to you, Dan, right now. I don't think any coach in the history of New York sports has been given more of a pass than Robert Sala. Who Can, can you even think of one of the coach who has accomplished as little as Robert Sala? You know, it's not like Bill Parcells who had that one bad season for the Giants and then goes out and wins two Super Bowls and has a decade of supremacy with the Giants. It's not like, you know, it, it, you know, Willie Randolph came here at a 500 seat. You know, it, it, it's not like it, you can throw a lot of guys out there. Yogi Berra didn't really have that great of a run here. He gets to a World Series, though. You know, when, when you look at a lot of these coaches, Robert Sala is not being like, I, I just can't believe. Can, can you think of a guy that's been given more of a pass than Salah in New York sports history? I can't think of anything. But well, well, one thing for, for one thing right now. For right now, I, I, I apologize for for my singing because we don't have we don't have the budget to have uh, Elton John rewrite this song about you. But Robert and the Jets. <laughs> right, so I I gotta say, Robert Sala has to be the. It is just horrendous that they're giving this guy a free pass. He should be fired. Like I should see what 
Woody Johnson should be looking like Benson from the cartoon regular show and firing uh, Robert Sala. He, he should be yeah, I mean, screaming red. His face should be boiling red when he fires Woody Johnson. I mean, when he, when he yeah. fires when he fires Robert Sala. But what, what do you expect from an like I said from an owner whose name literally is his first name and his last name is a pun for a male obscenity. And I'm yep. literally having a Beavis and Butthead moment thinking that over the fact that the owner's name is Woody Johnson. I'm literally having a Beavis and Butthead moment. Like, <laughs> Butthead, that name is Woody Johnson. <laughs> I'm literally no, having it's a... True. And it makes a lot of sense, and, too, because he is a dick. And, and, and you know what a crazy part? The company he owns happens of all things be called <laughs> get ready to laugh at this one Johnson and Johnson <laughs> yep yep so man I, I mean look it's just it, it's crazy to me you know think about this Robert Sala has coached 50 games as the Jets head coach and he's lost 33 of them he's lost if he loses on Sunday to, to Bill Belichick He'll have coached 51 games and lost twice as many as he's won. He'd be 17 and 31 if they lose to the Pats on, on I'm sorry, 17 and 34 if they lose to the Patriots on Sunday. Uh, and, and I just can't understand. I've never seen a coach get a bigger pass in the history of New York sports than Robert Sala. I, I can't think of one. I mean, what guy has skated for longer and done less? You know, you, you saw going back to the uh, the Giants with, with uh, McAdoo. He, he had that one good season. Then he had one bad season and he's gone. You know, um, I can't think of any of anybody. You know, this would be like if when the Mets hired Art Howe, they gave Art Howe five years. Art Howe got two years in 03 and 04. They sucked both years. Willie Randolph was here the next year. You know, like, this doesn't make any sense. It's almost like if when the Rangers, you know, went out there and, um, uh, you know, had all these bad coaches up until the fact that they hired Tom Reddy. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Tom Rennie, you know, and uh, Tom Rennie finally got them back to significance. But, you know, th this, this would be like if they gave some of their crappy coaches, like, five years. This doesn't make any sense. He's not going to magically transform into a good coach overnight, but some people just don't want to hear it. I I know it's just they they really need to that he needs to be he needs to be fired. And speaking of of, of of looking at this from an outsider with all the history with the Jets, makes me kind of wonder what would have happened had. Bill Belichick actually uh, didn't turn down the offer to be when when Bill's Parcells literally handed the keys to the the keys to the car to uh, Bill Belichick. As if for, all, for all you guys that don't know your history, Bill Parcells when he when he decided to decide to the well, it was one of his his many attempts. He said he was going to retire. Decided he was going to going to done coaching, and he was handing the keys to Bill Belichick. He felt he was just handing the keys to Bill Belichick, and ownership was on board with it. Bill Belichick walked away from that the moment he was handed the keys. 
makes me want well, makes no, me no. kind of wonder. Especially, I don't want I don't, I don't and I want to hear Dan. about this from a Jets fan yourself. Do you think the Jets would have had 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 the kind of success Bill Belichick had with the Patriots? Had Bill Belichick accepted the keys to the car? No, no, definitely not. Because the Jets are fucking stupid, and uh, the Jets, you know, probably wouldn't have made him the GM as well, which was another reason why he didn't take the job with the Jets. Uh, also, the Jets probably wouldn't have uh, drafted Tom Brady, which Tom Brady played a a very very big role in why the uh, you know as good of a coach as Belichick is, and I think he's a great coach. Um, you know, the pairing of him and Brady took him to that next level. And, um, yeah, I think uh, the, the Jets would have found a way to fuck that up, and Bill Belichick would have been fired by 2005. And uh, he lasted one day here. One day! And on uh, on January 4th, 2000, he resigned on a napkin and wrote, I resign as HC of the NYJ. And with that, Bill Belichick, uh, this is already. I'm gonna have to mark this as explicit already. So, Bill Belichick, go fuck yourself. That's what I gotta say. And you know what? This is gonna be this is gonna be known as the dirty episode or the episode where Kramer just lost his fucking mind because between the Mets and the Jets, I thank God for the New York Rangers because I don't know what the what I'd be doing right now if I didn't have this this uh this very good hockey team to root for. Um, well, because. Uh, my baseball and football teams are terrible. Well, I got, I got, I got to give props. Like, for one thing, I got to say to females: if you're dating a Mets fan, ex- expect one good thing: loyalty. Even when things <laughs> go south, you can always guarantee loyalty. That's what's one thing about Mets fans: we're very loyal. At least you can guarantee that. Even though you might see us getting a. Ha- being upset during baseball season, you can get you your, your guaranteed loyalty at least. And what what more could you ask for? Is that loyalty? Yeah, you're right. Because you know what, Dan, I'll always be loyal to the Mets. I'll always love the Mets. They'll always find a way to rope me in, as angry as I get at them. Uh, but I just won't be a doormat. Also, if I see things being handled the way that I don't think they should be handled, or if I think the organization is. Uh, doing things in a poor manner, I'll call them out every step of the way. And I see these people on Twitter who all they want to do is be a mouthpiece for the Mets. And all they want to do is, uh, I, I agree with this. I agree with that. Eh, eh, eh. No, no, that, that that's not me. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that uh, the sky is blue when it's obviously not. And, um, you know, uh, right now I see some gray clouds approaching for 2024. I hope I'm wrong. But I think it's going to be a, uh, a crappy year at City Field. So uh, let's hope I'm wrong. That's all I got to say. Um, but Dan, on that note, I think that's just about going to do it for us today. There's a fiery episode today, man. But uh, be, before we get out of here, do you have anything you'd like to plug for yourself? Sure. I want to. I want to plug, of course, my Twitter, my Twitter page, Bobo One Zero Three NYC. My my my. My Instagram, you can find me on Bobo718DK. It's the same. It's the same username I go by on Treads, even though it's like it's, even though I haven't been posting on Treads a lot because it's like tough. 
it was, I was already keeping track of everything on three social networks. You know, you expect me to do four, but uh, it's there in case I want to reach pe mainly people that might only be on one. You know how you always get the one person that might be on one social network? So you want to make sure you, you have one that you could oh, you always know where to reach, you know, to reach the people that, that, that you know. So I, I, so I kind of, that's kind of, kind of why I do, do run a Treads account, but I'll probably try to post there more often. I, I'm sure you'll be seeing a lot more posts on Treads during baseball season because I feel like there's more photos and stuff when the weather gets a little bit better because I just feel like winter in New York isn't always con conducive to going out a lot, at least places that are outdoors. So I like, I like, I really feel like, and let's face it, I, I'm sure you do the same thing. We look at baseball season as like the start of warm weather season. Am I right? Yep. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, yeah so I, I definitely agree. With you, Dan. And uh, anything else you'd like to plug before we get out of here? Uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's everything. That's everything I got. That's everything I got to plug. Also, like I said, I am, I am going to, when when I get some some because because remember that real life versus infomercial video all you guys saw with me and Robert, where I am gonna film. I did promise you an extended cut of it. I am filming it. I just need to make sure to have two people available to film this because one of the funny fails I drew up in my mind. I feel like I'm gonna need two people to make happen. So once I got two people around, I'm gonna make this funny fail happen. At least the one with me. The one that I'm doing, I feel like I need to I need to have two people behind the scenes to make this one happen. But it'll I promise you it is gonna happen. Just be you kinda have to be patient. I mean Yoda taught us one thing. Patience Skywalker. Pretty much you gotta follow the logic of Yoda. Exactly. Well said, Dan. Uh, and yeah, you can find me on Twitter at KramerNY. You can find our podcast at Beast underscore podcast. And also on uh, Instagram at Best in the House Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe on Rumble and YouTube. We appreciate all the support. And as always, find us on Patreon. Five dollars gets you in, and uh, you're all good to go with all of our extra content. So thank you so much for tuning in all year and helping us. I know we're only three days in, but we appreciate it. And uh, thank you for for supporting us in 2022 and 2023 as well. So love everybody. Uh, for Daniel Bobo Curlin, I'm Rob Kramer. This is the Best Thing in the House podcast, and we'll catch you next week.